Hi, welcome to Chipotle. May I take your order? Sure, I'd like a, a bowl.、Um, I want some brown rice, some black beans,、um, some sofritas, some lettuce, some guac, and finally, to top it off, a bit of sassy senility. What kind of Chipotle order is that? It's the Jerry Brown order. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Offense, the Daily Bruins' official opinion podcast. My name is Keshav Thadmiti. I'm the Daily Bruins' opinion editor, and we have a lively crew with us. Not as many people as last time, but、uh, let's just introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Liberty, senior staff here at the Daily Bruin. Hi, I'm Omar. I'm an opinion columnist at the Daily Bruin. And Omar is going to be one of next year's assistant opinion editors, so you'll be hearing him a lot next year on the podcast. And today we're going to be starting off the podcast with our favorite fast food restaurant, Chipotle.、Um, no, there's no E. coli outbreak. There's no problem with management. I guess we're talking about Jerry Brown's order of Chipotle, at least when it comes to budget negotiations. Uh, Omar, do you want to give us the rundown? Yeah. So yesterday, in a speech that he was giving, Jerry Brown said that universities should be more like Chipotle, offering a more limited option of classes for students to take. He thinks that this will streamline the process of education and somehow save us money.、Um, I disagree, and I think a lot of people do as well. So we are recording this podcast on Thursday, May thirty first. Omar, do you want to read what exactly Jerry Brown said this, and what what is the context of this quotation? What I like about Chipotle is the limited menu. You stand in the line, get either brown rice or white rice, black beans or pinto beans. You put a little cheese, a little this, a little that, and you're out of here. I think that's a model some of our universities need to follow. So that's what Jerry Brown said. And what was the context of this? Okay, so he was talking to the Chamber of Commerce yesterday, and he went into a riff about. Mexican food and Chipotle, and he basically said that if universities offered more limited amounts of classes, they could spend less money paying professors to teach pet project classes, as he called them. And essentially, he thinks this would save us money and get people to graduate faster. That clearly runs contrary to how the UC seems to operate, and it's it's riled some people up.、Um, there have been stories written by Sackby about you know UC students lobbying the budget negotiations with. Um, the UC and the state government by bringing Chipotle bowls to Jerry Brown. There was a Sackby submission or op-ed,、um, basically saying that yeah, if Jerry Brown wants Chipotle for his higher education, like he also gets all the mismanagement that comes with the fast food store, and a lot of other fun metaphorical pieces and riffs that people have been having after. Jerry Brown, like he's almost reached meme status. I want to say, if you're a higher education junkie. Okay, I think Jerry Brown already had meme status. First of all, just remember Governor Moonshine, <laughs> TBT, and、um, also just thinking on like some of the coverage. I think it's really weird the way people have approached this. As、um, like you know, Governor Brown said he knew it was politically and intellectually incorrect, which. Just strikes me as weird. Why say it then? It was a prepared speech, and I think it's really fascinating how,、um, like, I think the op-ed you're talking about, the person attacked him by pointing out the UC is already like Chipotle because it's already has like a lot of labor issues, and basically pointing the finger to be like, this is your fault. The UC sucks, but it's not because there are too many classes. It's not because students are taking so long. It's because it's not affordable anymore. Right, and I want to sort of dwell on this idea about. How to limit the cost structure of the UC? So Jerry Brown seems to 
look at this from a very fiscally conservative viewpoint. And that's sort of been his governing strategy slash costs where possible. And the you know stereotypical Jerry, line, Jerry Brown line is, where's the money coming from? And we all love to joke about that here in Daily Bruin, at least on the editorial board. And, you know, it seems logical that Jerry Brown is approaching this from like, okay, we need to limit the cost structure because this is a year that the UC has been partnering with students to advocate for more funding from the state government. And I want to ask, like, do we think that limiting a number of classes at the University of California or any university in California in general, so CSU, uh, community colleges or University of California, do we think that limiting the number of classes is a way to address funding woes in California and is something we should consider seriously? To be honest, I don't understand Jerry Brown's argument because limiting the number of classes would really just mean larger class sizes. What he's not what he's advocating for isn't for a more specific or direct education. It's for calling the diversity of thought in the university pretty much at the expense of an intimate classroom setting. And I don't know if Jerry Brown, like he didn't really explain what he meant by this. I don't know if what he's saying is that like we shouldn't be having classes with 15 people. Like, is that too niche for him now? Um, because like, I think something that like I find really valuable about higher education is though are those settings because like, that's where the real deep learning happens, you know, after you learn the basics of a discipline. Um, I also think that it's really harmful for him to call for this kind of thing because some of our more limited classes are the ways that our future scientists and our future, like, grown-ups in the workforce learn about what they're passionate about and find something that they might actually want to work for the rest of their life doing. So I guess just to play devil's advocate a bit, um, looking past sort of the bad taste Chipotle reference that Jerry Brown made... Do we think, though, that, you know, a way for the University of California to become, to at least cut some of its costs is to reduce the number of classes, not the number of classes, sorry, but the types of courses it offers for each department? Say maybe instead of offering like, you know, 200 available classes, it would have offered like 150 or less I think we have to make a decision whether we want to cut costs in education so much that we're okay with a decline in quality. Because the thing is, if we cut costs and the quality declines, that's not worth it, in my opinion. I think that we shouldn't be looking for the cheapest education possible. We should be looking for the best education possible at the cheapest possible price. I agree. Um, I also, I still like just don't understand the perspective that like, not even cutting like maybe the suggestion that there should just be more rigid or like less creativity in the creation of classes. Like it's still unclear to me. And it to me, it feels like Jerry Brown is using this as an excuse during budget negotiations to say the UC could be doing more to cut its costs. When really, if the UC were to like modify its curricula in order to adhere to this vision of a more utilitarian university, would that really change how much it costs to educate students? Would it really get students faster graduated? Because I don't think so. The UC already advocates for four-year graduation. It already is supportive of people who graduate sooner than that. And, you know, I think that students taking longer than four years and perhaps costing the university more, because that is, like, one of the sources, I think, maybe, of, like, the cost of a large course catalog, um, like... That can't really be attributed to the diversity of classes or even the number. It's 
just because the way students go through college is different than it was like 30 years ago. And what was Jerry Brown's educational background? Just curious. So Jerry Brown dropped out of Santa Clara University in order to go to priest school, where he later dropped out of that to go to Berkeley. He got a degree in classics, which is the study of the Greeks and Romans, as we know. He then went on to law school in Yale before failing the bar exam once and then passing it on his second attempt. For the record, the bar exam is apparently quite tough. We were overhearing some other staffers talking about this, but I don't think any of us here are destined for law school, are we? No. <laughs> Let's move past that topic. I know something that also like just bothers me like jerry brown got an education in classics and you know that's cool so but like what exactly like what kind of hyper specific classes does he deem unnecessary because as like more specific departments have formed you've seen pushback like people are like why can't that just be taught underneath like the history or english department when you talk about like chicano chicana studies or disability studies or lgbt studies like these are a lot of departments whose like place in the university is very much a resistance to the kind of thinking Jerry Brown is espousing with a more direct, practical quotes around those words, education. So I think how Jerry Brown, if I'm going to try to pry into his 80-year-old something mind, I think what he's maybe coming from is that he's probably looking at like a university, maybe riffing off like the three-year graduation plan that, you know, the UC has been sort of talking about. We had uh, Vice Provost Pat Turner at one point, I think my freshman year, saying, you know, she's advocating for a three-year graduation plan. And in that sense, how the UC and state government seem to view an education is you come in, you take your classes, you get out as soon as possible. And to that end, maybe he was referring more to like the drive-through restaurant order plan instead of like a sit-down restaurant thing. In which case, I don't still don't get his Chipotle reference. Maybe he just had Chipotle during the budget negotiations. Um, so the reason he was talking about Chipotle is because they recently announced they're moving their headquarters to California, and he was talking to the Commerce Committee. Okay. He just felt the need to combine so, no, Chipotle he, with education. First he started talking about Chipotle, like their headquarters, and which was relevant to the people he was talking to. And then he went on a tangent into education. Interesting. I guess it must be a sign of his old age. Anyways, going back to Jerry Brown's senile mind. This is ageist. I just want to like point out, I do not support Keshav talking about like people's senility. <laughs> we <laughs> that, can't like, get... It must be his old age showing. Jerry Brown is competent. And just like, I don't know, he's problematic. <laughs> but I do think his age is a notable point because it is a very mathematical way of thinking about education. It's you come in, you get your degree, you get out, you get a job. But that kind of educational model doesn't necessarily work because one, the job market is not the same as it was 50 years ago um, when Jerry Brown was getting his law degree in 1960s or whatever. It's law, the, the market is very different and people are looking at education not just as an, a way of economic, you know, liberation, but also in a more, let's say, romantic light. It's a way of learning about things, getting interested in things. Um, and you require more and more education to do better economically in some sense. So to that end, I think where he's coming from is like, we should have faster graduation times. But that also gets past the point that like students here when they graduate are like, what did I learn? Like, there are numerous students here who are like, yeah, I've done four years of classes. Like, 
am I ready to go out into the job market? You know, there's post-graduation work that people do, their internships, all sorts of stuff. So the, the job market has changed. And I think Jerry Brown's way of looking at it is very simple in the very fiscal conservative sense. It's a good rhetorical device, albeit the joke soured very quickly. Haha, <laughs> because you put sour cream in Chipotle. Anyways, the joke soured very quickly, but it's not very accurate in the sense of education because he's simplifying a increasingly complex thing. Yeah, I think that like if Jerry Brown or, you know, whoever, because I think a lot of people agree with the standpoint that like higher education should be more vocationally oriented, then like maybe they should be promoting vocational education more rather than pushing people into like, you know, a liberal education like we get at UCLA. Because like the whole thing, like Fiat Lux, it's about like intellectualism. It's about like all this academia. It is not just about finding a job and you know it's unfortunate that people have that expectation because it really puts a lot of different responsibilities onto the university that make it so much more complex than it really needs to be maybe they should be like promoting the idea of people studying to become electricians and very highly skilled jobs that require education that people don't really consider early on and i guess just to end on one question do we think Jerry Brown's Chipotle reference is going to affect budget negotiations between the UC and the state government. No, I think the people negotiating for the UC are smart enough to know they should ignore this advice. I don't even think this is advice. Like, I don't understand what he's asking for. I think he's just maybe using it as an excuse for, yeah, not giving the UC more funding. But it's not something that is, like, compromisable. Yeah, I mean, I think Jerry Brown's the guy who signs off at the end of the day. But he's not necessarily the one coming up with the plan. The legislature is. So I think all, all eyes are on legislators. So hopefully they don't buy into the E. coli infested business model that Jerry Brown seems to be referencing. But we're done with that topic for now. Um, Liberty finished up a dinner that wasn't Chipotle. And the nearest Chipotle is far away from the office. So we'll be moving on to another topic after a short break. Hey, Liberty, are you excited for graduation? Oh, my God, yeah. Like, the commencement speaker is this celebrity. It's the woman from Big Bang Theory. Oh, my God, didn't you hear? She dropped out earlier today. What? Wait, who? We're talking about Mayim Bialik, who's an actress on the Big Bang Theory, but she's also a neuroscientist who got her degree here at UCLA. And she was going to be the commencement speaker, but she dropped out earlier today due to concerns about a labor dispute between UCLA and the the local union. Are you kidding me? This is like Bill Clinton all over again. What? I do think, though, that Mayim Bialik and Bill Clinton don't have as much in common as you seem to think. Like, Bill Clinton is an eloquent speaker. Bialik is an alumni who is also a neuroscientist, who is also an actor, actress. Who's expressed some pretty anti-feminist views in the past. Wow. In any case, basically, Bialik is one in a series of commencement speakers in the University of California who've been pulling out sort of the last minute. Um, it started off with 
if you remember, there were labor strikes across the state. Um, these were student workers, um, employees, you know, striking and displaying against the University of California for not giving them benefits and correct wages and whatnot. And they called on commencement speakers to drop out. And the first in the series to drop out was Kamala Harris, U.S. Senator representing California. Um, she dropped out of UC Berkeley's commencement like a week before their commencement. And then Carol Christ, UC Berkeley's chancellor, spoke in her set. Then I think like a couple of days afterwards, like Ted Lieu, who was the congressman representing Westwood area, dropped out from UCLA law commencement. And now today, like weeks after the labor strike and the sort of initial traction of pull out of commencement, uh, Mayim Bialik has dropped out. So why do we think she has dropped out? Like her love for labor unions has blossomed in the past couple weeks? Um, I don't think that's what it is. I think if that was the reason, she would have dropped out when the strikes happened and not so soon. I think she's just using this as an excuse. I think she might have gotten like a really bad tan or something and doesn't want to appear in public right now. Maybe she got a teaching position at like USC or something and doesn't want to show her face around here. Isn't she in Big Bang Theory though? You can teach and be on television. James Franco shows us that every year. Franco hasn't been here for four years. Um, and he, I think he was also like a very terrible professor when he was here. All his reviews on Bruin Walk are really bad. By the way, Bruin Walk, a daily Bruin service we provide for you students. By the way, can James Franco be our commencement speaker? Was he ever a commencement speaker at some point? I think if I, I'm not sure if I'm remembering this correctly, but at one point after a speaker pulled out, I'm pretty sure James Franco was scheduled, but people got really upset. It's like in 2012 or something. Should we just settle for Gene Block then being the commencement speaker every year then? I think we should acknowledge that while Gene Block is a huge meme and students do love him, it's kind of unfair to students that he's the last person they get to see at the, as they leave the university. Commencement speakers are supposed to be an inspiration and a person who they who students aren't used to telling them good advice about how to live their lives. And I don't know if Gene Block really can provide that advice. But think of this comparison. Bialik is a neuroscientist. Jean is a neuroscientist. Bialik graduated from UCLA. Jean didn't graduate from UCLA, but he's the chancellor. Bialik is successful. She has a lot of fan following. Jean has a lot of fan following. Bialik has said controversial stuff. Jean Block, I've probably heard him speak a handful of times. So by any count, by that scoreboard, like it either comes down to equal or Jean Block wins. You know who I want to be my commencement speaker? Steve San, Westwood historian and chairman of the Westwood Community Council. He's a double Bruin. He is way better than Gene Block. I don't know what it means to be a double Bruin, but I think that a lot of Bruins don't exactly know who Steve San is. And maybe we should get cooler speakers like UC Irvine with Barack Obama or UCSD with the Dalai Lama. Name me any of the commencement speakers from the past three years. I think Steve San is more important than all of them. Wasn't there that, like, Blackstone something-something investment somebody... Isn't it Blackrock? <laughs> there we go. I, stone, rock, pebble, I don't know. Let's just keep throwing out ideas. I want Keith Fink to be your commencement speaker. Let him speak! Can we get Jaden Smith? I think he'd be hilarious. I, I don't see what's wrong with Gene Block. Like, maybe maybe after a couple speeches, he'll have some inspirational stuff that he'll say, and he'll learn how to say it. Oh, wait. Jerry Kong is a, as commencement speaker. Like, he gives some enthralling speeches. Like, I feel inspired after them, even though they're... A lot of fluff. Randall Park. Bring us Randall Park. 
I just think that other schools have these really cool commencement speakers and everyone is always sharing their videos, sharing their speeches. No one outside of UCLA is going to care what Gene Block said at this commencement. I guess where we're going to get serious here is how UCLA organizes their commencement is they tend to exclusively choose alumni. I, I guess the question there is like, should they have contingencies from now on? Like, well, ask me after the success of all these labor strikes, you know, just keep doing more labor strikes, which is warranted if the university doesn't provide them resources and like should you see you like should we just expect commencement speakers to just drop out from now on first off i don't know that it's like a rule that commencement speakers have to be alumni there's a committee who chooses and i don't know if they have right. to limit them we, ha- we had a calm about this earlier this quarter where they tend to choose where they where they, they tend to like favor alumni and that's why they chose Bialik because she's an alumnus and um a neuroscientist and a prominent bruin Maybe we should have contingencies for commencement. Maybe we should just reimagine commencement. Do we need a speaker? Why do we, we need commencement? I think, actually, what I don't understand. I'm going to commencement, yes. but I don't actually understand what the point of it is. I'm so just going to sit. can show up and clap for you. <laughs> I don't even walk. They can show up to my departmental ceremony. Wait, so are people going to get their money back now that Bialik is out? What money? What money? We did not spend money to go to, to commencement. pay for tickets. What? Tickets cost money. Wait, I Liberty, mean, are you? Are you? I even, think you get a couple free ones, but your pay, family has to pay. Liberty, are you even attending graduation? I don't know. According to my UCLA, I have one student ticket and four guest tickets. I didn't pay for any of those. Oh wow! Actually, though, I don't log into my UCLA very often or Bruin Bill because I hate multi-factor authentication so much. So I could be charged for it, and I have no idea. Aren't you glad you're out of here in a couple weeks? Like Bialik, I may also drop out of commencement and continue being a Bruin. I don't think that's how that works, Liberty. <laughs> oh my God, we're getting too much into personal life. Can we stop? So, any any final thoughts, final words on commencement speakers, Bialik, Big Bang Theory, Gene Block? I think the reason why Bialik pulled out is because we wrote a mean column about her. Second take, y'all. We have the power. Who has the power? We have the power. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep telling that to ourselves as we go to sleep each night. Okay, folks, we will catch you in our next No Offense podcast next week, which will be the final one. Of the quarter. Wow. Don't say that. You don't know that. I don't know that, actually. We'll catch you guys all later.